e aku manu taki, e aku manu taiko. Nau mai tahuti mai ki te hōtaka nei a tiahika. Mātangirea is a political legacy series produced by the Aotearoa Media Collective. Thanks to the RNZ and New Zealand On Air Innovation Fund. Host Morgan Godfrey has interviewed each former MP about their ups and downs and navigating the halls of parliament. Each interview takes place inside Mātangirea, the former Māori Affairs Select Committee Room. In this week's episode, the final of this six-part series, Morgan joins a former Māori Party co-leader, Marama Fox. Politics can be as unpredictable as the Wellington weather. The 2014 election saw an aspiring MP unexpectedly elected to Parliament on her party's list. The sassy mother of nine from Masterton became the fresh, new face of the Māori Party, taking Parliament by storm. But before long, the political winds shifted, and after just one term, Marama Fox was gone. Out of Parliament, but not out of things to say. O ngā wahine, a tāhua nei, a niniwa i te rangi, me o kukuia o ngā tipurau hoki rātau e tūana ki rungi te marae. A nei a hau, ko mārama. You're whited up a heart, you're from Masterton, but you grew up in Christchurch, is that right? Yeah, I know, right? Tell me about it. Oh, it was a bit weird. I once spoke at the Waitangi Tribunal um, hearings for our people of Wairarapa, and I said to Carrie Wainwright, the judge at the time, that I experienced more racism in Masterton than in Christchurch, literally. And we went to some of the flashiest schools in Christchurch, um, but that was literally because my mother started play centre in the Puriroa, in Waitangirua. And the Minister of Education at the time went to have a look at it. I was one year old. Uh, this was in 1971. We got shifted to Christchurch because he offered her a job on the spot, put her in the Ministry of Education or the Department of Education at the time as a preschool advisor. And so here was my mum showing them how to make a dodo and kono and doing stick games, all these Māori from Waitangirua at the time, um, parents, and playing these games with their kids. And so the minister thought that was amazing and gave her a job, and we all shifted to Christchurch. I had uh, My father was Pākehā, and he was a teacher. And so for a very long time, he was you know, the main breadwinner in the family. And now my mother earned more money than him, and within two years, he left. Why do you think you experienced more racism when you came home to Masterton than you did down in Christchurch? Christchurch, they say, what school do you go to? Because they want to see how much money you earned. And depending on what school you went to depended on where you lived and therefore what your income was. It's stupid, but that's what they do. But there were just as many poor Pākehā people as there were poor Māori people. But when I went to Masterton, it's like, here's the middle of town. All the Māori lived on one side in the block. And it was called the C block after the Dimutaka prison C block. The police would push you up against the fence and, and try and shake you down and ask you where you've been. But I'd done, um, I know my rights at high school. So when they tried to do that to me, I looked at them and said, oh, excuse me, are you arresting me? If you're not arresting me, I'm not talking to you. I couldn't sit by and watch these things happen in our town and not say something about it. But by then I've got children. I was 16 
17-year-old pregnant um, young teenager, um, married my husband at 18, and so I went to Kohangareo in Masterton because I really didn't know anything else and I didn't want to be there. I was supposed to be at university, but now I've got a baby. So I went to Kohangareo, and you know what? In the whakapapa of my father, I had an amazing education. But not until I went to Kohangareo, in the whakapapa education matauranga of my mother, was I opened to the world of our people. And when I can put that together and understand the systems and the policies with a kaupapa Māori mindset, then we can make change. The Māori Party came to prominence at the 2005 election. In 2008, National Party leader John Key invited them to sit at the table of his new government. But supporting National would come at a cost. Did you recognise at the time, though, when the Māori Party agreed to go with the National Party, signed a confidence and supply agreement, that this could be the end because the National Party is not popular oh, in Māori nah, communities? No, you know what? I don't even care who sits at the table. I literally do not. People don't believe that of me. They think that's some sort of spin. But we've had the revolving chair of the red and blue for 150 years. We didn't screw it up. What we can do, no matter who sits at that table, is influence, look them eye to eye and say, no, no, you don't get it. Did you get that opportunity to look the National Party or Bill English or John Key over and again. eye when you were co Over and again we looked them in the eye. Um, down to the wire over the Oranga Tamariki vulnerable children. I couldn't believe Hekia gave them that name. I was like, Hekia, what are you doing? If, if vulnerable children? Why don't we call the Ministry of Health the Ministry of Sick and Dying People? All right, don't be stupid. You want to give it a name that is aspirational, Oranga Tamariki. So we got Oranga Tamariki tagged on so that it would give it an aspiration, and now thankfully it's that. But they haven't changed because they haven't changed the people. But over and again we looked them in the eye. Did you know immediately as soon as Tariana walked away from the Labour Party, that the Māori Party, this is the party for me? Yeah. I knew immediately as Peter Sharple was taken on board as the um, co-leader because I knew what Tariana did was courageous. I was there at the foreshore and seabed. I listened to Digger Karodia from Wairua tell me the story when he looked those Labour Māori men MPs in the eye and said, Tānema, ngā wahine o raho. Because mm. here's our girl... We came to support her because she's standing up for us. And I lost all respect for those MPs who did not cross the floor with her that day. But when Peter Sharples came on board and the Māori Party was born, oh, hell yes, because that was Kopapa Māori models of practice in action. That's what he stood for up there in the urban setting at Hawani Waititi with the first illegally started kurukaupapa in the country, Peter Sharples. I'd do that all day. Mm. All day. When Sir Peter Sharples became the co-leader, did you think I want to become an MP? I always knew I wanted to make changes, systematic changes for our people. Always, always. I could not stand to watch this, the inequity Thus, the injustice. Don't treat me like that. How dare you? Just how dare you? Did you ever encounter any of that racism here in Parliament? 
Like blatant racism? Hmm. You know, casual racism? Yeah, definitely. Unintentional because you just don't get it? Absolutely. It's in every aspect of everything. And Tolly, Oranga Tamariki, oh my gosh, I could have beaten my head against a wall over that. I was like, you don't get it because you don't get it. Like, Bill was trying to get it. Anne was trying to get it, but not so much because they literally believed they knew what was best for us. I'm like, look at this legislation is racist. We can't support it. We tried so hard right up to the very last minute that they had to put it in the house to change those little words. We will make sure this child is put into a Māori whānau through whakapapa if it is practicable. Right. No, 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 no. That means you don't have to do your job. The media really warmed to you in your Eventually. term in Parliament. I wonder how that was received in the party itself. Oh, you know, I was far too mouthy for my own good. But I didn't care. The Māori Party had a love-hate relationship with the media. When you become the, the villain in the story instead of the one, the champion for the story, then that's hard to go home to. It's hard to get the tweets from. It's hard to get the hate mail from. And so if somebody in the media is portraying you in that way, putting the ugly photo of you up in the paper or online or whatever, then that stuff's not easy to overcome. And so if you've had a few bashes like that as a politician, you're going to get them. Like, they're coming, just be ready. Then you do less media. Your workload as well would have been massive, not just as an MP... But as a co-leader too, how did you actually deal with that? Oh, not well in the end. <laughs> At the beginning, pretty good. I mean, I, when I left here, I had to train myself to slow down. I couldn't slow my head down. I just could not slow down. I couldn't understand why people couldn't deliver stuff on the dot right now, please, now. I couldn't have a conversation with someone without talking at 100 miles a minute. I still like that a bit. But, I mean, Tudor had his portfolios and he was busier than me. If hard work was the prerequisite for winning a seat, Tudor should have been Prime Minister. I had a big workload because every other portfolio, which there are 63, he had his three, I had 60. I mean, I just had to be the spokesperson for all of them. And so I made the media come to us for a point of view. I was not going to have Māori issues stuck in the corner for the Māori issues category. Every issue is a Māori issue. If you're talking about climate change, that's a Māori issue. If you're talking about um, rates, tax, whatever, those are Māori issues. They have an impact on our people. There is always a point of view in every single piece of legislation, and we just needed to know what that was. So non-stop from 7 in the morning to 11 o'clock at night, meeting after meeting after meeting, driving up and down the nation when you're not in Parliament, talking to our people. I knew what to say about these kaupapa because we'd already talked about it a million times in a million different ways and debated about it in our own offices, in our communities, with our people. In the 2014 election, the Māori Party only received 1.3% of the party vote, well below the 5% needed to enter Parliament. But with Te Urador Flavel's electorate seat, it was just enough for Fox to get in. For her to be elected again, they'd need to achieve the same result, or Fox would need to win her own electorate. But election night delivered a shock loss. 
going back to that 2017 election, was there any point when you realised that, uh-oh, I think we're not going to get back in? Oh, yeah. I knew. I felt like we were winning everything. Uh, and I'd go to meetings, right? And you can feel the room. You feel the room when you walk in. People like, oh, oh, happy day. Yes, here we go. And then when it wasn't, it was just, it was just under. It was. Labour were horrible. I'm sorry, Andrew Little was horrible. But as soon as Jacinda started to rise, I knew, I could tell. I walked in the room, I knew the, the, the fervour had changed. Did you have a sense, though, when the Māori Party went with National in that third and last term, did you have a sense back then that this could be the end? Yeah. I walked in and within a couple of weeks was asking to get away from National. Our people had had enough. And it didn't matter the gains we were making, they didn't know. And I see that better now at this end than I did at that end, even though I understood it then. Now I really do. Did it frustrate you at the time? Um, at the time, look, I was new at the time, and I thought, well, I'm not going to win all these battles. I'm a brand new co-leader, and I tried never to stamp my co-leader foot and say no to it at all, but the bit. Because he'd earned his stripes, you know, <laughs> and he had uh, the um, institutional knowledge and the history to understand things, right? But I do think that he is such a wonderful guy and I'm loyal to him because he has so lovely, such high integrity, um, courageous, but really unpolitical. Does that make sense? Just, you know, he didn't want to play the political game and the Māori Party didn't want to play the political game. Did it take a big toll on your whanau when you were gone for those three years? Yeah, 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 yeah. It it pretty much broke us up. Like, we're not together anymore, but we cohabit and co-parent. We're just not together, my husband and I. Um, So, yeah, it did. But because it started off, I tried to be home on a Friday night gone on a Monday morning. But you're in Māori politics. Everything happens on a Saturday on the weekend at the hui, right? And so that didn't work. And then you're the co-leader, so it was across the entire nation, not just in your electorate. And so you've got to go to from uh, being right up the top of the country, right down to the bottom of the country and everywhere in between because everybody's got a kaupapa that they want to put in front of you. And if they're Māori, they came to us. When the 2017 election results came through, was that mamai for you? Did it feel personal? It was definitely mamai. And not just personally. I didn't, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, they didn't vote for me. They didn't vote for kaupapa Māori. And I think that hurt the most. Is there still an expectation on you, though, to represent the people? Do you feel that? Oh, people still ring me up. Some people haven't realised I'm no longer an MP. Would you consider coming back for oh, the Māori Party? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a little bit have the fever of it, but I actually think um, sometimes you have to be provocative. That's We were born out of protest, for goodness sake. Like, to sit back now and say, oh, da-da-da-da-da, tikanga, and oh, da-da-da-da-da, you know, that's not the way we do things. Excuse you and yours. We were born out of protest. Kingitanga movement was born out of protest. We have been protesting the issues in this country from the day they arrived. Literally have. And sometimes you have to be provocative to push people's thinking. 
But if you're not provocative, if there's nobody there with that voice for us, where are we? Where do we go? Our people, I think, feel again now like they have no home to put their vote. And they went to Jacinda to change Nats, and I don't think anybody realised that the Māori Party would not be there. There are a few people who called it, a few people who did. But I think they wanted a change, but wanted us there. A lot of MPs, especially Māori MPs, after they leave Parliament, they struggle to re-establish their careers, and that takes a huge economic toll on them and their whānau. Can you tell us about what happened to you after you Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is absolutely true. Especially if you voted out and the government changes, because possibilities of a role that are appointed by government MPs after you've just been slamming them in the election, uh, you know, they fall away. You become unemployable. If you're mouthy and lippy like I had to be in order to get our point of view across... You know, that's not an attractive position for someone in a government department going, oh, we've got Marilyn Fox, she's going to come work for the Ministry of Education. Or hell, no, she's not. Because I wouldn't be able to hold my tongue about some of the, you know, the things that they do. They know that. So that makes you unemployable. Um, trying to establish a company to walk the talk, to put houses on the ground, you know, to try and say, look, we can do this. Uh, and, and then we get done over by dodgy guy, which now makes me look dodgy. You know, now I've got to rebuild credibility. Uh, and now I've got um, a strain on our family. We've had to sell our home. We've um, shifted the children. I'm literally homeless right now. I've got to live with my mother when I come back to New Zealand. I love you, Mama. But, you know, I'm grown. I was going to say I'm a grown-ass woman. And that's hard. So, yeah, absolutely that's been difficult. But it's not insurmountable. But it does take time because you have to let the water settle and then re-establish yourself slowly so that you can be employed again. I'd get a job at Mitre 10 tomorrow. But then I'd be in there trying to change the way they pack their shelves. Mm. What are you doing right now? Um, I'm actually studying at the moment. I'm doing a master's in um, indige- applied indigenous knowledge through a wānanga. I was like, walk the talk. Come on, there's this whole elitism thing about what university you went to as well. I'm going to support our people and work in a kaupapa Māori environment. But so that gives me breathing space. I think it's a little bit like Matidia, who's my cousin. She came to see me um, a few weeks back. And it's so good. In fact... Matidia is one of those people that I could lean on and have quiet conversations with. Chester Burroughs was another one who left Parliament and then struggled to find a role and a job. You know, Tohenari, spoke with him a few times post-leaving. Same thing, that struggle to then re-establish yourself, try not to be so mouthy and get on with people again. Um, so, yeah, at the moment I'm studying, but I'm also dedicating my time at the moment to making sure my whanau are good and to re-establishing that connection uh, with my babies and to make sure like, that uh, their teachers can say their name <laughs> and that uh, my baby who wants to be a black fern has every opportunity in front of her to do that. Is there a future, do you think, for a new Māori political movement? Oh, absolutely. 
Do you know what I am so excited by? I meet young people across this nation who have come out of Kaupapa Māori education and others, but largely out of Kaupapa Māori education, and they are ruling their world. I have no fear for our future because our rising generation are awesome. Kia nei, me whakaritia mo mātou, ma mātou te take te mahi, hei whakawāte te ara mo e nei nā kia tupuake. E nei rangatahi, e nei penei jāhoe, a nei te huarahi, kua patua kē te nei huarahi i ā te puia, i a tariana, i a pita, i a rātou katoa kua hingātu ki te pō. Engari anō ko te ao e heke mai nei nā koutou. We're in the home stretch of the interview, and I just wanted to Are we? ask you. Because I could do this all night, but carry on. I wanted to ask you this as a mother and as a Māori woman. Mm. Why is it that you think so often Māori leaders are women, disproportionately? So that's not true. Te Where? Tariana Turia. Out of how many? Oh, the big leaders. So oh, you say? So you think it's not true? It's not true. You said. More Māori leaders are women. Mate, have you been to Iwi Chairs? Like, thank you, Margaret Mutu. Like, yeah, oh, do it for us, girl. Get it. It's like, what the heck happened? You go to any government department, women are ruling those. Māori women are ruling those government departments. Go to schools, Māori women are ruling those things. Go to any little Māori organisation, Māori women are everywhere. Go to the top seat. What happened? It's like, what? Because you, what? Please. I have to sit behind my cousin and sing his song? Mm. Like, is he going to speak on my behalf? Really? Are we going to have a conversation about women's issues right now? Or wait, shall I come and stand over here under the maho? Does that make you feel better? Like, come on. Our tikanga needs to evolve, and when it does, when it does, we will see those Māori leaders, women who are all there, actually take their place, actually rise. So, yes, we have had historical, wonderful Māori women who were stunning orators and stunning um, bastions for our gender and our people, and it wasn't a different thing. But they are not the norm because their pathway to that position is not paved with roses. It's blocked by rao, mm. just saying. I got that from my mother, never to rely on a man again, because, look, this is what happened, and now I'm alone, and now I've got these kids to raise, and now I've got this job to do, and now I am live in the South Island, my whanau in the North Island. I've got to do it hard and on my own. And if you look around our country, our Māori women are doing it hard on their own, with their children, in every community of this country. They're strong because they have to be. They got no choice. These boys who who inseminate them and walk away, you know, come on boys, stand up. Be there. Be there. And then talk to me about who's good enough to be in charge. Because, you know, yep, we need good strong male role models, but Māori women raise sons. And they teach them hopefully to be good men. That's a good place to end us on. Fiery call to action. Yes.
Tēnā Kōrua, Mā Tangirea, presented by Morgan Godfrey, with former co-leader of the Māori Party, Marama Fox. Now, there are extended versions of what you've just heard. Uh, video and podcasts are available right now. Head to the podcast page at rnz.co.nz. E ngā kaitoranga pū Māori, hakoa, iwehe koutou mai te whare miere, ka rongo tātou ki te kiko o a koutou kōrero. Thanks to the Māori politicians, former MPs of Parliament, for sharing your stories. Ka hoki mai a Tiahika Haitewiki e tu mai nei. Tiahika returns next Sunday. He mihi mai o hatena kia koutou katoa. Hei kona mai. All these voices in my head I just gotta get away All the city lights so bright I just gotta get away It's like turning back the hands of time Always getting in my way And when everything I said and done We got nothing more to say Yeah, yeah, yeah